I don't have to tell you things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. It's a depression. Everybody's out of work or scared of losing their job. The dollar buys a nickel's worth. Banks are going bust. Shopkeepers keep a gun under the counter. Punks are running wild in the street. There's nobody anywhere who seems to know what to do, and there's no end to it. We know the air is unfit to breathe, and our food is unfit to eat. We sit watching our TVs while some local newscaster tells us that today we had 15 homicides and 63 violent crimes, as if that's the way it's supposed to be. We know things are bad, worse than bad. They're crazy. It's like everything everywhere is going crazy, so we don't go out anymore. We sit in the house, and slowly the world we're living in is getting smaller, and all we say is, please, at least leave us alone in our living rooms. Let me have my toaster and my TV and my steel-belted radios, and I won't say anything. Just leave us alone. Well, I'm not going to leave you alone. I want you to get mad. I don't want you to protest. I don't want you to write. I don't want you to write to your congressman because I wouldn't know what to tell you to write. I don't know what to do about the depression and the inflation and the Russians and the crime in the street. All I know is that first, you've got to get mad. You've got to say, I'm a human being. God damn it. My life has value. Folks, it's the General Knowledge Podcast, Season 2. I'm pretty sure this is Episode 18 for this one. We are pairing through the seasons. Heaps of uh, heaps of stuff going on. Always got interesting guests and uh, topics to cover for the General Knowledge Podcast. We do hope everyone out there who listens is uh, enjoying the shows. And if you are, you know, please feel free to, um, to jump on and, and throw your support our way as well. We really do appreciate it. Make sure you subscribe, share the podcast around, chat to it with your friends. Whatever you got to do to get the word out there, we really do appreciate it, guys. But for this episode, I've got uh, Ethan Nash is uh, back. The boys are back in town. We've got Ethan and Andy with us. But Ethan, how you going, man? You missed the last one, but you, uh, you've moved house and you're ready to rock and rumble for another episode. Yeah, it's good to be back, General. Uh, the clown world uh, keeps going around and uh, <laughs> I'm looking forward to another great episode. It's awesome. good to have uh, our special guest on today and... You know, we can have a great chat about everything that's going on. Yeah, and what a good guest to have on today as well. But before we get there, Andy, you're still with us, aren't you, man? How are you? I am. I am. I'm in clown world as well. <laughs> it's all like it's all a circus, man. It's all a circus. Oh, it really is, isn't it? Going yeah. really, really well. Like I said the other day on one of the posts I put up on on Facebook, yeah, just when you think your 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 head and your neck was starting to feel better from all the head shaking, then this goes and happens, you know, like and it's just another thing that just keeps cropping up with this whole COVID and the lockdown and all that sort of stuff. But look, we'll get deep into that for this week's uh, episode as well. Uh, without uh, further ado, I'd like uh, to introduce our guest for this episode. First time on on the podcast, we've had folks who are aligned with her on the podcast. We've had Alone Alarm, we've had uh, Anita Halfmeister, but for this episode. We've got Meryl Dory joining us for this one. Meryl, how are you, sweetheart? Good to have you on. I'm greatly. Thanks so much. It's good to be here. Oh, it's Thank a pleasure. You. We're glad you could spare us the time. We know you've, you're always um, busy. We always catch you uh, on Facebook with your um, your own show that you do, which is Under the Wire. Uh, but before we get into that one there, how are you? How's things going in your neck of the woods? You're down in northern, on the Northern Rivers, uh, part of no. New South Wales, is it? 
That's right. And it's freezing cold and a bit rainy. But um, other than that, everything's fine. We're uh, incredibly busy right now. This COVID lockdown has just been driving so many people to our organization, the Australian Vaccination Risks Network, that we're busier than we've ever been. Um, you know, you could say there's been a bit of a backlash against what the government's doing. And even people who have never questioned vaccines before are coming out and saying, mm. this is too much, what's happening. Mm. And ha that, isn't that quite good? Like, it's they've kind of shot themselves in the foot with regards to all this, haven't they? I think more and more people, just like you said, they're, they're almost pushing them in our direction just because they want answers. They want to know what's really going on. And it's so good to see that folks like yourself are putting out such fantastic information and, and just and facts. It's really just, you're just giving them the facts, aren't you, Meryl? Exactly. Everything that we... Um, say everything that we write um, is backed up by references to the primary literature. We don't need to make anything up because all the evidence is right there. And unfortunately, um, the government is running in circles trying to stop us, but it's very hard to stop the truth once it starts to come out. Uh, and I don't think they can. Mm. All you got to do is just kind of plant those seeds in people, hey, and then that little that little nugget of truth sprouts in their brain and they want more. People just sort of want more and more. And it's, it's really good to see them heading, heading, you know, to, to real news Australia, to TOTT news, they're heading to the AVN, they're getting all this good information and uh, it's really good to see. It's encouraging. But it what is. I wanted to touch on first, Meryl, you've got your show under the wire. Now you don't put that up as an actual podcast, do you? It's purely Facebook driven. Is that right? It's Facebook and YouTube, and also we've just started putting it up on BitChute. I am going to start uh, doing it as a podcast. Mm. I just have to work out. I've, I've been getting a few lessons in video editing software, mm -hmm. so I'm going to be extracting the audio from it and putting it up as a podcast, but that's uh, for maybe two or three weeks down the track. Oh, that's but a good idea. Now, yeah. yeah. I mean, because, look, I mean, a lot of people worry that, yeah, there's so much censorship happening with Facebook and YouTube and all that. I mean, to be honest, I'm literally surprised that you're actually still on there and they haven't stopped you or banned you or censored videos or just taken them down. And, you know, I'm just, I'm blown away that they just let you continue, to be honest, because we know what kind of censorship they're enforcing on people. It's crazy. Well, they're definitely throttling our views. Uh, um, you know, we, we're getting a lot fewer viewers than we used to, and we always put up the... A show before it goes live and people can get a reminder and for the last three or four weeks the reminders somehow don't go out <laughs> but aside from that we have had a couple of videos removed from YouTube but BitChute uh, from what I've seen so far is not editing or censoring the mm. videos and we've also got them on our AVN website so every episode and I think we've just done our 41st episode which is pretty amazing that is, that's great <laughs> so all of the episodes are on the website as well well how funny is that because I'm pretty sure oh no this is actually today's show is actually our 42nd so we're one ahead of you <laughs> it's a race I'll take you on come on <laughs> Now, I just wanted to, just for the folks out there who haven't actually, maybe they don't listen to it or they don't catch you on Facebook, just first of all, tell them where they can find you and then just give us a bit of a synopsis of what the show Under the Wire is actually about. Yes, sure. Um, it's on the AVN Facebook page, which is at avn.org.au and also on the AVN website, which is the same, avn.org.au. And basically, the reason that we started this show was because 
of all the censorship out there. People want to be able to access good, unbiased information about vaccinations and health. And there are very few places where you can actually do that. So every week, it, it airs on Saturday morning at 10 a.m., um, we have a program with either myself speaking just about the news of the last week or interviewing someone. And we've interviewed some amazing people. I had Mark Blacksalon, um, who's the author of The Age of Autism and Vaccines 2.0, and he just brought out an article that showed a 30% decline in infant deaths since the lockdown came in <laughs> when parents stopped vaccinating their children, uh, which is pretty amazing. I'm going to be having Andy Wakefield on very soon um, to talk about his new uh, video, his new movie that he's just brought out, 1986, The Act. Uh, so, you know, we're having some amazing people come onto the program and we're gaining quite a good viewership, not only in Australia, but around the world. Uh, so it's fantastic. The internet has bypassed the lockdown. Uh, we're able to get people into Australia who uh, otherwise wouldn't be able to come here. Yeah, and then that's probably the, the really the only and the best way to do it, really. You're bringing them right to the screens in front of people, too. And good to see that the show is going so well. Um, you know, I always have a look at the stats and things, and you always get plenty of people, you know, coming in live, and, you know, you're always saying, oh, hi, this, hi, then, you know, you're, all the fans that come on and, and support your show. It's always good to see you. I mean, I really love the format, and I think it's, oh, uh, I think it's a great one. Yeah, definitely, definitely keep it up lots of good information too like i said before speaking of which now i might just start get, getting i just want to sort of pick your brain a little bit about these vaccine trials for the covid vaccine right so um i might test your knowledge a little bit here but correct me if i'm wrong it seemed to be maybe only uh a couple of months or well say let's say a couple of weeks sorry into the lockdown so maybe six weeks ago halfway through the sort of lockdown, it seemed to me that they were already doing trials. Like they were putting it on TV and there was there was videos on Facebook from different countries going, look, here's here's our first person, this lady's, you know, receiving her first vaccine trial for the for the coronavirus vaccine. Like going, this seems way too fast. How can they be doing trials for these sort of things already? And it, this was only just sort of really getting off the ground, this whole lockdown thing. So I kind of wanted to pick your brain a little bit about that. I mean, are they bullshitting? Is it is the, do they have something? Is it just for show? Like, what's going on there? Well, you know, you wouldn't want to know it, Lee, but it, it is almost as if this whole thing was planned because you see, they were working on a coronavirus vaccine from 2015, yeah. um, and. They've just been working on this quietly in the background using different strains of coronavirus. And then we get this uh, outbreak starting. And hey, presto, there they are. Warp speed, as Trump said. Uh, so, yeah, they they had several different um, models, if you want to call it that, of, of vaccine ready to start testing. Um, and what they're doing is they're bypassing almost all of the safety measures that are normally used in vaccine trials. And as we know, the safety measures for <laughs> vaccination are pretty poor to begin with. They yeah. don't undergo uh, what's called inert placebo trials, which is the only way to actually test the safety of, of a medicine or a vaccine. And they don't test long term. Usually the trials last for days to, if you're lucky, a couple of weeks. But they are bypassing all of that altogether. They're only testing the vaccine 
each vaccine, um, and there are over a hundred, I think now there, they see the money coming up. They mm. see that this is a vaccine that's going to be potentially mandated for 7 billion humans. And so everybody wants to get a piece of that pie. Well, cor- correct safe- me if I'm wrong, and I'll just quickly interrupt you there. Sure. When when they were talking about these trials, they just kept saying a coronavirus vaccine. They stopped saying COVID and they stopped saying SARS-CoV-2 vaccine. You know what I mean? Like they just yeah. made it this blanket term, didn't they? They did. And I, I like, how misleading you know, is that? It's incredibly misleading. Uh, but in a way, it could actually be true because, as I said, they were testing coronavirus vaccines years before we ever had SARS-CoV-2. Mm. So um, they could just be using the same vaccines that they were working on before. Uh, and some of them were actually being trialed in China. So, uh, you know, it does make you wonder. It really does make you wonder. Um, but they, they, they are not taking any care, any duty of care as far as safety goes. And even as far as efficacy goes, they're using... Um, antibodies as a measure of success, and we know that antibodies do not mean that you're immune. You can have ridiculously high levels of antibodies and still get the disease. So from the word go, these trials are set up to show something that we know is not really going to be true. Antibodies do not correlate to immunity. Mm, Interesting. And correct me if I'm wrong as well, but I mean, wasn't there... Uh, I'm sure I saw a video or a news report from a chap who got the vaccine and then even he started having a, a whinge about how sick he was in, like short, within a couple of days or within 48 hours or something after receiving that trial vaccine. And that was only sort of one one course of two or something. But then he goes and turns around and says he's still going to go through with it anyway, even though he felt so sick afterwards. Like, like yeah. did you see that as well? Like, am I going I crazy? Like, <laughs> no, no, you're not going crazy. That's what happened. He said he was sicker than he's ever been in his life, but he still 100% supports the trial and he's going to continue with it. And he's mm. not the only one. There was a woman in the Oxford trial um, who also had serious reactions to the vaccines they never said exactly what they were but since that vaccine was only tested on 15 people um, they said that there was a 20 percent serious reaction rate but they were going ahead with the trial anyway wow and to be honest with you if we actually knew the number of people who reacted to the vaccines that we're currently using we would probably not be shocked about what they're doing with the covid vaccine because the rate of reactions is far higher than what we're ever told. It's one in a million, but I don't know one person who doesn't know someone who's been injured by vaccines. Yeah, and, and that's really what the, the the key problem is, is that there's no guarantees, and it's not like what former health minister for Victoria, Jewel Hennessy, was you know put on TV as saying that they're, you know, they're 100% safe and effective and all that sort of stuff. No, no, like they couldn't be more wrong. These things are so dangerous and just literally like putting a, you know, a bullet in a gun in, a, in the revolver and giving it a good old spin and putting it to your head because you just don't know what's going to happen. And you could be that next person that has some, uh, let's say, serious side effects uh, to a vaccine, including death for some of them. Uh, and right. yeah, I don't know who would be dumb enough to take that risk, but it looks like people are. I mean, especially for a disease that what what's the current death rate, boys? Uh, Ethan or uh, Andy, do you know what that what what's the current or the current recovery rate or whatever it is from coronavirus? I mean, do we really even need a vaccine for this thing, fellas? Andy, you're on mute, big fella. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm back, mate. Uh, the the death death rate to this is zero, Lee, because it's all BS, mate. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I think. It actually, doesn't exist, and I'm <laughs> and I'm and I'm holding true to that. Well, what are they so touting? The they're, they're touting something like ninety. No, was it ninety nine point eight percent recovery rate or something from this? You know what I mean? Yeah, that's yeah, what they're touting. It was point oh seven or something like that. But so. even those numbers, even those numbers, <laughs> does to, to me that. It just means that a vaccine for something like that is completely not needed at all. Like, how ridiculous is that? You don't need a vaccine, first of all, for something that's is is has such a a very low mortality rate or something, you know, which such a high recovery rate. It's it's almost non-existent. Mm. So why would you have a vaccine for it? You know what I mean? It's like Meryl yeah. said before. It's just about money, man. That's what I reckon. Oh well, we we understand we're in the middle of like one of the greatest fraud operations. Um, you know. That we've seen in our lifetime, actually. So uh, yeah, that's that's the absolute truth. So everything else that there's coming out of it, like um, is is all marketing and um, disinformation. And like like Meryl alluded, uh, there's a huge pot of gold at the end of the rainbow for somebody, you know. So mm-hmm. um, in the pharmaceutical industry, and that's all they can focus on. And they're using their media assets and their political assets and Roll on, baby. Roll on. Yeah. I mean, as if vaccines themselves weren't, I guess, scary enough as it is. But what is really starting to kind of boil my blood a bit is the fact that they're trying to now start these new RNA, these experimental RNA vaccines, right? Now, this is really new technology and it really hasn't been tested or proven to work or... You know what I mean? But they're literally talking about altering uh, the human being, you know, the, the DNA of everyone on the planet if they get their way and, and want to give everyone a coronavirus vaccine. Meryl, do you know anything about what they're talking about here with regards to these RNA, these experimental RNA vaccines? Have you seen any literature on this? Do you know what, what the deal is, how, how dangerous these things could really be to humanity? Um, I have read a bit about it, but I'm not certainly not an expert. The RNA vaccines are all genetically modified. And from what I understand, um, when you inject this naked RNA into people, it can actually go into our own genetic code and alter it. The, now, the vaccines that we currently use that are cultured on animal tissues can and do do that. That's why we have a lot of cancers that originated in animals and things like herpes infections that originated in animals. A lot of people say that's from the vaccines that were given. So it's not new that vaccines can change mm. our genes. But what happens with the RNA vaccines is that they have the ability to not only alter us or genetically modify us, the people who receive the vaccine, but that effect will be carried forward into our children and our grandchildren. It is something that will genetically modify the human race forever. It is a technology that has never been used successfully and never been used in the public. It's only been used experimentally in animals. So, what could possibly go wrong if we use this experimental, untested technology in the entire human race? C- correct me if I'm wrong, but wouldn't we then be the test if they rolled this out? So and we're... we always are with vaccines. Well, that's true. Yeah, spot on. Um, it's frightening stuff. And of course, we all know who's behind this thing. Um <laughs> <laughs> There's a, a name that springs to mind, which seems to be on the tip of everyone's brain because he's, you know, given the limelight 
in in every pretty much media form you can imagine is of course um the very highly qualified dr bill gates am i am i right oh no wait a minute sorry no he's not a doctor <laughs> i mean sorry the virologist bill oh, wait a minute no um immunologist no um oh software expert that's right <laughs> software expert bill gates um is the one who's pretty much behind the big push for all this sort of stuff so <laughs> Um, first of all, before I actually cross over to, to Ethan, I, I, I just want to get your, your initial impression. Like when you hear the words Bill Gates, when you hear that name brought up in a conversation or something, what, what does that do to you, Meryl? Uh, there are certain words that come to mind, <laughs> such as evil, eugenicist, murderer. Um, I could keep going, but this is a person who has been responsible in the developing world for the deaths and disablement of millions of children. Mm -hmm. And he's not allowed in India anymore because they were smart enough to catch on to what he was doing. Why he is still not in prison in the United States, I don't know. For, for those that aren't sure, why is he allowed back in India? Because he was running several trials on several different vaccines without informing the people whose children were being tested in these trials. And many, many of children died. And he's basically, he was in India, India at the time, but he's basically been indicted in India. And if he were to go there, he would be arrested. Wow. Yeah. So that, that's probably another case right there. Another example of him and, well, and him and his vaccine cohorts literally using um, a human population as guinea pigs to, to trial certain vaccines. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, it's monstrous. It really is. And that's the sort of things that I cringe. Whenever I hear this name, Bill Gates, and I, and I, you know, I, I watch videos on him and lots of stuff, it just makes me he's cringeworthy. Uh, it just something about him makes my skin crawl. Ethan... Mm -hmm has actually done um, a bit of a bit of uh, research and work and published some stuff on on Bill Gates. So I might just quickly throw to you, Ethan, um, what now, just enlighten the public, I guess, or give us your take on Bill and, and maybe point them on in the direction of where they can find some of that information that you've put up, mate. Yeah, thanks, General. And it's it's been good just listening to this conversation. And yes, you're right. It's on the, the tip of everyone's tongue. Old uh, Billy Boy Gates, the uh, qualified doctor who is now coming to save the planet. Um, yeah, obviously, you know, we've we've spoken about Bill Gates um, extensively here on the podcast before, but I was just listening to everything that, you know, we've been discussing um, so far. And from trials to vaccines to what's going on with genetic engineering to what's going on in third world countries. You know, General, you ask, you know, would that make us the test dummies? Well, you know, it seems like the test dummies have already sort of been in these third world countries, you know, in, in, in these countries like India and Pakistan and all of these philanthropist programs that he's involved with it seems like these are the test models for this greater vaccine push that we're now seeing mm. and it's interesting because his name pops up through everything you know you we speak about australian trials that are going on these you know mysterious trials what are they for are they for you know what virus are they for you know like andy you mentioned you know it's it's a big marketing ploy well it's a it's a poor one at that you know, 98% recovery rate or whatever it is, you know, they keep changing the definitions, but it really doesn't matter. They're just going ahead with these so-called trials. And 
you know, his name pops up again and again. He is, for listeners out there who, you know, might not be familiar, he is funding, directly funding some of the trials that are happening in Australia, including one at the Murdoch Research Institute in Australia. So he's donated $10 million to one of the trials there, which is going to be for healthcare workers, um, which will be the front line of this trial. You know, um, it was interesting, Merrill was discussing how they're going to be bypassing all of these safety laws general. Mm. And Bill Gates was being interviewed about it, and he actually smirked at the camera on CNN, I believe it was, and he said, well, you know, we might have a 1 in 10,000 side effect, but if you've got 7 billion people, you know, 700,000 people or so, that's to save the planet, you know, that's not really that bad when you think about it, you know, and I'm paraphrasing there, but this was, mm, you know, the, this was the smirk that was on his face. He was talking about, well, yes, there's going to be some risks. And he actually says in the interview, we need governments to all be in on this because there is going to be some risk and indemnity clauses that are going to come from this COVID vaccine. So once again, he is Bill Gates. He is responsible for helping knock down all of these safety barriers you know, he's. We talk about the money aspect. Think of think of someone who was the richest man in the world, still is one of the richest men in the world. He leaves Microsoft right before COVID. Does that mean that he's aware that the new age of the billionaire is going to be in this new age of biotech? Mm. You know, this billion dollar empire that um, they're describing. You know, the the age of the vaccine that's going to be coming. Um, as a result of COVID-19 and probably 20 and 21 after that, you know, this is going to be the new age of getting money all out there. And it seems like he, once again, is one of the biggest ones to profit from this. Yeah, which and- is funny because he's coughing up all this money through his Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and the trust that they also administer. Um but it seems to be he's worth more now than he was a few years ago, like 10 years ago or five years ago. He's worth way more now. You know, yeah. Just because of all of basically the investments that the foundation is now handing out all this money for. It is, you know, it's all about revenue for them. It's not about philanthropy. It's, it's, well, it's, it's philanthropy with a, a twist of social engineering thrown in with it. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly, General. Exactly. Mm. And, and, and when you look at it, you do see that. You know, why is he, if, if all of these people are giving away all of their money, if they're investing all of these billions into programs, why are they then getting much, much richer off of it? Mm. Well, it's because it's this, it's this long-standing philanthropist ideology um, especially with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, which his father just modelled off of his work at Planned Parenthood. It's just a model off of Planned Parenthood. They invest in birth control pills. You know, they invest in vaccinations, Monsanto, genetic engineering. This is what the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation do. And again, it comes back to just the last point that you were speaking on there. And it's it's this push that's going to come in the future with all of these trials that are not going to be tested, that are not going to be regulated with pushes of new CRISPR gene editing technology and all of the things that they can fit into these vaccines and micro needles and dissolvable needles and Mm. all of this innovation that's going to come. There's going to be nowhere to check who's putting what in the vaccines and who's not to say that, you know, the world is not the next 
target, not third world countries, not India, but the world, the people that are going to take this COVID-19 vaccine or a series of vaccines over a series of time, who's not to say that that's the agenda to completely genetically engineer you know, the inner codes of, of what the human is. I've argued this, you know, extensively over the last, you know, a couple of years on my website. You know, it's this push to create, you know, an epsilon classes. Mm, like brave, brave New World sort of thing. Yeah, described mm. in Brave New World, you know. So I'm glad that you've you've brought that up and I just wanted to chime in there and just, just for listeners that are not aware, you can see how through everything that we're discussing, one person and one figure and you know he's more of a symbol there's a machine behind him but this this concept of bill gates and and where things are heading you know this is what we see time and time again general yeah yeah it really it is really quite disturbing um with with regards to you know literally like they're almost taking us away from what we are and what it is to be human like literally altering us on a genetic level and and that's what they want to do that's the next phase you know i mean like merrill said they've already sort of been doing that with regards to having and creating vaccines using animal products and all that sort of stuff but now we're talking about not just injecting those things into us but also now in injecting us with something that's going to alter what it is to for us to be an individual in a, in, a, in a in our own special human you know, human being that we are, it's now going to be now going to be altered. Well, they're going to try mm. and alter us, of course. Um, you couldn't you couldn't pay me to have that shot, but um, <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, you you spot it's, on, General. It's frightening stuff, Meryl. Now you're, um, I guess, I mean, you're obviously pretty familiar with all that stuff. There, I mean, there's been some like Ethan's been doing a good, lot of good work on that. I'm pretty sure even James Corbett from the Corbett Reports done some oh, really yeah. good work on on Bill Gates. Um, as well, so I mean, you're you're up to speed on all that as well. I am, and for anyone who's listening, the James Corbett did a four-part series on Bill Gates, who is Bill Gates, which is brilliant. But there is another person who I can really recommend. Uh, she calls herself the Amazing Polly, and she's done a lot of research into the financial aspects of what Gates is doing and how he has benefited. Everybody talks about how he's giving so much money. He is making money hand over fist and has been since he started doing this. And in fact, since the COVID outbreak started, they say that the richest people in the world have seen their assets double. So while everybody else is going broke, they're making tons of money. And one of the reasons is that because so many companies have been going under, They've been picking them up. These people have been picking them up for a song. And that's exactly what happened in the Great Depression. The Mm. people who drove it actually ended up profiting from it. So um, we're seeing a lot of this happening now. And these people are just getting even more um, wealthy from uh, what's been happening with, with the COVID hoax. It seems to be sort of every 10 to 15 years they do this. It's like a, they start up this great big siphon, and it all just gets sucked back into you know all the all the wealth that the the middle classes and things were just starting to get back on top, getting you know, getting a foothold, making uh, you know making a, a way for ourselves, and then they they you know like in two thousand eight when they crashed the financial and the, and the housing market bubble and all that sort of stuff, and they just siphoned everything back their way again and sucked up properties for pennies on the dollar. You know, it's the same sort of thing which is happening. Pardon me, which is happening now there. Um, sucking away, like you said, all the businesses that went broken there, picking them up for pennies on the dollar. It's just another another way they've done it. They do this time and time again throughout history. Um, it's 
just an, I mean, we we can sort of see it coming, but it annoys me that we there's nothing really we can do about it. <laughs> well, we can, and that's the thing is we we feel helpless, but we're not because there are so few of them and so many of us. Mm. If we don't allow them to control us, we can certainly. Uh, change the way things are going, but it's not easy and it takes courage. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, now, I might um, get your take on what's happening down south in the state <laughs> of Victoria. Now, you know. <laughs> the People's Republic of Victoria. <laughs> yeah, I like it. That's a good one. <laughs> um, because. Look, for those who are listening from overseas or not too familiar with what's happening here in Australia, uh, we were we were you know we were sort of coming out of this thing quite strong. We were starting to get back to our our you know normal lives a bit more. And I'm not talking about this new normal bullshit. I'm talking about we were starting to sort of go back to kind of where we were. And then we had all these rallies, and I don't mean the freedom rallies, which we which were held like two weeks or whatever before. I'm talking about all these. Black Lives Matter rallies and stuff that, you know, about 200% more people seem to turn out for that and rather than their own freedom. But anyway, well, that's another topic for another day. But they, we had all these massive rallies with thousands and thousands and thousands of people turning up in, in major cities all over the country. And now, and they, they started to throw it out there. I noticed the news media started throwing it out there, didn't they, Andy? They were saying things like, you know, um, this could lead to a second wave and... Uh, lo and behold, now they've, um, well, they seem to somehow predict the future and now there's a second wave, Andy. And, and didn't we see what what happened in Victoria then, Andy? What, what's happening right now, big fella? Yeah, well, I mean, that's right. <laughs> we were talking about the second wave, like in, I think, in early March or something. Yeah, so, you know, like everything, remember, like, even in February, we were talking about this being such a business model. Yes. Everything that has gone on is like is like a business Right, it is so predictable, and it's such a. It, it feels and it looks like a business plan mm. because it bloody well is right from the start. And and uh, lo and behold, they don't they don't disappoint. It rolls out not on cue, but even a little bit before on cue. I don't think that they can even wait. They're salvinating on on their plans and stuff. They just they're just going for it. And of course that. Andrew's criminal down there is the biggest communist this country has ever had the displeasure of breeding. That's Daniel so Andrews, he, the he, premier of Victoria. Yep, that's right. Yeah, and, and uh, he he's right into it. He's right into it. So, but um, yeah, yeah so, you're right. So, what's happened now in Victoria, Andy? What, what what have they done now? Just for the folks out there who haven't heard. So they basically um, like uh, made up. Um, this story about a cluster in suburbs based around, like, families, not social distancing. So we've got these apparent clusters in some suburbs there and they're putting military on the streets with other healthcare professionals door-knocking to actually, like, test the citizens out in, out in the streets out there. So mm. it's completely Orwellian, it's completely you know, military-like style operation. And I think it's just, it's just grooming the people for what, for what they really want to do in the future. And, well, that's, and that's force vax door-to-door. And I got hold of a... Um, Meryl, you've probably seen this as well, but I got hold of uh, this statement that the, 
the Honourable Dan Andrews, MP, the Premier, put out on Saturday the 20th of June. So we're just talking last, not Saturday, just gone, but the week before. Now, in this statement they put out, they down towards the bottom of it, a few, few paragraphs away from the bottom of the statement, uh, they, they started to talk about, you know, if you're starting to feel sick, then you should stay home and self-isolate, blah, blah, blah. Don't, don't visit friends and family. Don't go on holiday. Don't go to work. Stay home. We want to make this as easy as possible. And this, this is the part that really gets me, right? Which is, and this is quoting from the, uh, from the um, statement that they put out, which is why we're also announcing a new $1,500 payment for those who have a confirmed case or are a close contact and who can't rely on sick leave. This is about making sure there's no financial reason for these people not to isolate and uh, to not go to work instead. Um, so there you go. They've literally come out saying they're going to pay the public $1,500 if you come up as in test positive or you're even a close contact to someone who has tested positive. So, wow, what better way to fudge the numbers than to start bribing the public with $1,500? You know, you're dangling this carrot in front of people who, you know, they haven't worked, they've lost jobs, they need money. What better way to fudge the numbers, Meryl? You know what I mean? Like, exactly. Does this not exactly. blow us away? And and yesterday, Andrews announced that they he's hired a thousand people to go door to door in ten suburbs to ask people to come in and be tested because they want to test all these asymptomatic people. Oh. And if people refuse to be tested, then they can be fined sixteen hundred dollars. So you will be getting $1,500 wow. if they show that you've got COVID with a test that has between 50 and 80% incorrect results, mm-hmm. either false positives or false negatives. Uh, but if you refuse to take this test, then you can be fined $1,600. I mean, that's quite a carrot and stick um, situation. But a dose of reality here. In Australia, as of yesterday morning, there were a total of 7,595 confirmed cases. Now, I want to talk about cases in a minute, but mm-hmm. that's the total number in a population of 25 million, 104 deaths. Right now, there is one person in all of Australia who is in intensive care and 12 people across the whole country who are in the hospital. Now, I think the reason they're pushing testing so much is because they know that by testing, they're going to get positive results. They're calling those positive results cases, even if they have no symptoms whatsoever. If you took 100 people randomly off the street now and put them into a room and ran a throat or nose swab across all 100 of them, 10 of them would show positive for either pneumococcal or meningococcal, the bacteria that causes meningitis or ear infections. 10 of them would, would show positive, but they are not infected and they are not cases of meningitis. But they're calling people who test positive for coronavirus without any symptoms whatsoever as being positive. And what makes it even better is this test cannot determine whether it's COVID-19 or any other form Mm. of coronavirus. All it tells you is that you have evidence of coronavirus, either the virus itself or, or anti- antibodies to the virus. Now, that's that's key. I just want to reiterate that point for our listeners. Just just say that one more time with regards to what that actually means again. Yes, the, the test is not capable of differentiating between 
COVID-19 and other forms of coronavirus. It only shows coronavirus. Yep. So there and you go, folks. And even then, yep. we don't know how accurate that is. Yeah. So that's right. Remember, folks, coronavirus is, is what they call, it's like a, a label for a group of known um, viruses of that range, basically. So that that includes what, is there, isn't there like, what, over a dozen different types of coronaviruses or something, Meryl? Is that right? We don't really know how many there, there, there could are. Be, could be tons of them, really, couldn't there? And it caused the common cold. That is that yep. is what coronavirus is. It's the common cold. Yep. And we're, going, we're, we're, in, we're basically in the middle of winter now. Uh, well, we're a month into winter here in Australia as well, and you know, it, it, it people think we're the sunburned country, which we kind of are, but it, it gets bloody cold here. I mean, like you were saying before, it's freezing there in the you know Northern Rivers part of New South Wales, and we're talking about Victoria now, which is one of it's, which is like uh, other than Tasmania, but Victoria is the southernmost mainland state, you know, uh, in Australia, and of course it gets really cold down there. And people generally do feel unwell and do get sick. There's a, obviously a, a, a greater lack of of sunlight and which means is uh, people are rug up more. They're getting less vitamin D, which therefore they mean more, they're more susceptible to catching and and falling victim to your standard coronavirus, which is your cold and colds, you know, common cold kind of things. Um, so of course they're going to be a little bit sicker because we're coming into winter. You know, I, mean, I think it would be a different story if we were coming into summer. You know what I mean? I think this this whole coronavirus thing would have probably just disappeared if it was like in America where we were coming out of this on the other side of the the um, the, the weather spectrum. You know what I mean? Um, exactly. And what's interesting is coronavirus seems to have done the impossible. Um, it has cured influenza because <laughs> our rate of influenza is down like crazy since the coronavirus started. Yeah, I find that fascinating, isn't that? Isn't that funny? Hey, what a what a correlation there. Yeah. Um, Can I just I, chime in a little bit? Go like, for it, Andy. General, um, I just want to just want to get um, Meryl's opinion about like. Um, about false positives in regards to this COVID-19 thing mm-hmm. um, and the correlation between having the flu jab and actually testing positive. Maybe Meryl can make some comments about that. I don't believe it's ever been tested, but in Italy they're saying that just before coronavirus started, they went through all of the nursing homes in the northern part of Italy. I forget the name of the region, but it was the one that was the hardest hit by the coronavirus outbreak. And they started using a new flu vaccine that was a high potency flu vaccine just for the elderly. And I think it was something like 92 or 93% of the deaths they had in Italy were in these same nursing homes in the elderly Mm. um, who were recently vaccinated against influenza. I don't know if it's ever been studied, but it is certainly something that's interesting. And I don't know if it's actually influenced whether or not you will have a false positive on the test. I'm didn't sorry, I make, don't know that. Didn't, didn't they make it um, mandatory, Andy and Merrill, in, in uh, Italy just like within the last two years? I think they they wanted to make the flu shot mandatory over there. Is that right? Did I, I'm not sure if I heard that correctly from some other source, but is that right? Did you hear that as well? I haven't. Okay, I did. I thought I heard somewhere someone saying, or read somewhere that it was not just maybe it was only for the elderly that they made it mandatory for flu shots or something. But uh, I do remember seeing something somewhere. Did you see that, Andy? I think it might be something to do with the schools, similar, you know, similar to the US and and here with okay. with some mandatory for attend school attendance or something like that. Right. I think that's. I think that might be what you what you're picking up on. Yeah, possibly. Okay. Well, just on what Meryl was saying before, um, 
I just wanted to... So here's some statistics, right? So this is sort of what Merrill was alluding to with regards to Victoria. So the Victorian population uh, currently sits at about 6.5 million people. Um, there are confirmed coronavirus cases. Again, just coronavirus, not SARS-CoV-2 or whatever, because they can't, of course, narrow that down. But coronavirus cases currently sitting at about 1,800, so 1,792 uh, at the time of this being published which is 0.027% of the population. 50% of those cases are apparently from returned overseas travellers. So we're talking about only 900-odd, which are just in the state alone. Uh, Now, current active cases, they say, are 91, which is 0.001% of the population. Total deaths in Victoria is 19, which is 0.00029% of the population. And the median average age of those deaths was 79.5 years old, and they all had existing health issues. Um, The last recorded coronavirus death was a month ago. Current total amount of people in hospital with the coronavirus is 4, which is 0.00006% of the population. Current amount of people in ICU is 2, which is also, again, 0.00003% of the population. Um, and yet you look at things like the overall current impact of these restrictions and the lockdowns, right, which is increased national debt, increased state debt, increased personal debt, massive small business bankruptcy, massive unemployment, massive increase in suicides. So there's been more suicides recorded as of this lockdown because of COVID-19 than what has actually been caused by COVID-19. Um, so what a corollary there. Um, increased mental health issues. Now, my wife made a stunning point the other night. She said, because I've only just recently here in Queensland started doing some TV advertising with regards to people suffering from health, mental health issues as a result of all this that's happening. They only really just started that about a week ago. And now how many months are we into this lockdown? Mm, interesting. Um, so they're only, yeah, they're only talking about the mental toll on this now. Like, really? Come on. Um now we're talking about also things like increased domestic violence issues, increased child abuse, uh, drug and alcohol abuse, hospital worker layoffs, uh, increase in mortgage delinquencies, increased fear in children just in general. We're talking, you know, kids are a little bit more afraid now. Of course, they've got something to fear and they're being told to fear coronavirus for no apparent reason, really. Uh, increase in misleading mainstream media headlines, increase in citizen policing, as in people dobbing in each other for you know not obeying the lockdown rules, which is just ridiculous. Uh, house-to-house searches increase, like you were talking about in Victoria, uh, the house-to-house searches. Increase in uh, racism against Asian people. Uh, increase in foreign affairs distrust. Um, it's brought about a full recession, basically, here in Australia. Um... It's leading to decreases in wages, decreases in our GDP, decreases in consumer confidence, uh, and mostly a decrease, of course, in personal freedom. So I, I, I posted those statistics. A lot of those statistics were also garnered from the Victorian um, government website as well, which is a link to. So that was put up on our Facebook page. But Meryl, I mean, just, just hearing that information there, which was basically backing up everything you were saying as well, it, it really is shocking, especially when you talk about things like the just the amount of suicides that has been caused as a result of this has take has overtaken the amount of deaths apparently caused by this stupid disease for the lockdown when when i was on under the wire yesterday and i don't remember if the woman ever posted a link because she was asked to there was someone who said that she works with lifeline or something mm-hmm. and that there are over 700 suicides in the last month alone that have been linked with people who've lost their jobs or on 
you know, on, at home. And I know that domestic violence has also gone through the roof. And we've had mm. 104 deaths that have been put down across the whole country to COVID-19. When, when this first started happening, we were not supposed to be locked down for months at a time. This was not going to be locked down until we got a vaccine. This was two weeks that we were supposed to be locked down to flatten the curve so that the hospitals would not be overwhelmed. And I think what happened is the government said, well, they're dumb enough to let us lock them in. Let's keep them there. Let's do it, whatever we want to do. And there is a segment of the population who I think will just follow orders, whatever the government does. Yep. But I'm hoping that there is a growing segment of the population who is saying, stop this. We're not going to listen to you. Uh, we can see that you've lied to us. There was never going to be any huge problem with COVID-19. It's, it's less than the influenza that you warn us about every single year and don't lock us down for. And we're not going to listen to you. And I think that's what it's going to take. Just a whole bunch of people who are saying, we're not going to do this. Send yeah. the police in for us. We're not going to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I'll just cross over to Ethan. Just as Zamira was just speaking about the lockdown then, right? So just, just what comes to mind... In, in your point of view, what did they, you know, they seem to have, um, you know, they strike while the iron's hot. You know, they locked us all down, kept us all inside. And what seemed to happen, you know, around the country as a result of us all being locked down? They quickly went out and did what now, Ethan? What do you, what did they do? What's the main thing they rolled out here in, in Australia? Are you referring to uh, surveillance general, or there's well, been a lot rolled out um, there was, across the country? There was a few things. Bye, One thing, yeah, that's right. I was just saying, she's <laughs> she's nailed it on the head. They started, and you put up a piece with regards to this because this whole they've started to implement this whole massive rollout of the five G technology, which does tie into the whole yes. surveillance grid, of course, which we, yeah, we've yeah. spoken about. But um, I did find that quite a you know not not necessarily amusing, but quite coincidental you know we're all trapped inside you know they well you know what i mean the whole country was on lockdown and they took it upon themselves to to roll out this massive network which is now how, how far through are they with this 5g rollout ethan yeah well uh, according to telstra they've you know they've um, now reached 50 percent in almost wow. 700 suburbs across australia so 700 suburbs across australia roughly have 50 percent 5g coverage so it's phenomenal? it's been an you know, it's been an exponential increase in, in just one year, you know, since everyone got wind of this, um, you know, back in uh, 2019 when they first started doing the proper trials and announcing that this was going to start um, rolling out, you know, the upgrades and whatnot. And here we are a year later and, yeah, they've been rolling out 5G um, during the lockdown. They, it was one of the first you know, earliest news pieces that um, come out after the lockdown. So they were straight onto it. You know, it wasn't something that happened, you know, t you know, a couple of weeks or a month later. It was it was immediately because it was presented that it needed to happen because of the strain that was that was being affected on the MBN and other services from everyone working from home. So they went straight onto it. And once again, this whole notion of problem, reaction, solution. I was just about to say, didn't that come in very handy? Well, they've created mm. the problem. Everyone's at home using all their devices, using the internet, streaming everything, working from home. So they've got the problem and people start screaming out for a solution saying, we need broadband, we need faster <laughs> connections. I need to stream Netflix quicker. I don't want to wait for this buffering. And then, of course, they come up with a solution, which is, here, we're going to roll out some 5G so you can do it nice and fast. Well, 
Well, thanks very absolutely. much. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely, mate. <laughs> and it's it's like a flower with layers, you know, like it's, you know, we, we then saw when they were going to try and upgrade all of these things that any protesters that were trying to stop the 5G towers, you know, now they're being classified as health threats. Mm. You know, you can't protest under state of emergency laws. Don't you understand? And Telstra doesn't have to abide by your council moratorium because this is for national importance. This is for, you know, this bypasses the telecommunications laws that we have here, you know. So these were all of the, the next game that were played so it's like there's multiple layers to each thing that's mm. being rolled out and you, you've got to keep your eye on it because it all links up these aren't just individual cases that are happening you know it's they were facing so much opposition before this happened you know it, it presents the perfect opportunity to to roll it all out and yeah. you know here we are yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you brought that up, man. Yeah, it's a massive problem reaction solution. And man. one last thing, mate. Mm-hmm. What and one thing that does piss me off too is that Telstra is a is a sponsor of the footy. You see the big five G on the field almost yep. every game. Yep. And all up at the end of the screen, like you know, there's people sitting there just being programmed every single night from all different angles, and it's 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 um it's crazy to see. Well, you know, it, stops. It's Everywhere. just going to be ubiquitous, isn't it? It's, 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 yeah, you're right. It's just in, in your face constantly. Now, I'm not saying, and I'm just on the record, I'm not saying, sitting here at this podcast, saying that, you know, 5G is, is in any way connected to, you know, COVID 19 or anything. I'm not saying that at all. And personally, I don't think it is. Um, I might just quickly throw to you, I'll, I'll, I'll go back to you, Ethan, and I'll, I'll quickly throw to Andy, and then I'll wrap up that question with, with Merrill. But, Ethan, first of all, do do you correlate five G with regards to any of this coronavirus illness? Like you don't see anything in connection there, or do you? I just wanted to to ask. I'm not sure if I asked that before. Uh, not specifically, no, because yeah, I don't um I don't believe this whole notion that people are sick everywhere. You know, that for for that to work, you know, we'd have to see sick we'd be people. Be dropping like flies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So um. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Are you the same, Andy? Do you, do you see any correlation between the two or are you seeing something we're not seeing or do you agree? I'm just curious. Uh, I see a correlation with the plans, the pandemic and using using the technology. Like I see, I see with 5G that it actually reduces um, oxygen within the uh, blood cells of a human body. So when somebody's like dramatically affected by something like microwave technology that it can be blamed on COVID-19 but no there's no actual like the two things don't actually work together okay but with 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 the you know the fraud around the whole thing they yeah there's definitely definitely health concerns but it's just finding that correlation yeah because i mean that's i did see that a lot like the you know the the so-called fact checkers keep trying to um you know uh debunk news articles and things that people are putting up and it's kind of making us who are trying to really just stick to the facts and put out the truth of the matter yeah it it, when you have these so-called fact checkers putting up things like you know oh there is no correlation between COVID-19 and I mean the people who are saying this sort of stuff anyway they're not really reputable sources I would say anyway like it you're not going to see any of that sort of stuff coming out of the AVN or or my website or your website Ethan you know I mean like these are Mm. really fringe people that are or it might even just be a meme that was shared somewhere and then it pops up with a fact checker and it makes us all look a bit fucking nutty so I just wanted to throw that out there but I mean Meryl you haven't seen anything like that yourself have you with regards to you know 
um, coronavirus and COVID cases being caused by 5G and stuff. I mean, to you, that's a real misnomer, I'm guessing anyway. Would that be right? Yeah, I've, I've seen things talking about the symptoms that people are calling symptoms of COVID-19 potentially being caused by 5G technology. And like vaccines, 5G has never been tested for safety before it was mm -hmm. rolled out. Mm -hmm. But of course, it can't cause a virus. Yes. Um, so yeah, no, I, I I agree with what Andy said there. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. I just sort of just wanted to clear that up for the folks that are listening as well because you know there's a lot of things we all see um, coming through on social media and all that sort of stuff, and it's probably just a good thing to, I guess, put that out there um, that you know this is how yeah. we stand on the issue. You know what I mean, mate? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And the main thing is, you know, I'm I always stress to people my main concern is the functionality that this technology is going to give to the current state of affairs and you know the surveillance model that's going to come out and when we're talking about COVID-19 and this increase of tracing apps and when Dan Andrews starts trying to come to your door and you know what's going to happen there's facial recognition cameras everywhere there's biometrics at airports you know this is the grid and it's all going to be sustained by 5g you know mm. driverless cars all of these things that are coming and the future digital identity which the covid 19 vaccine and all your vaccine certificates will be tied into yeah that's, so that's that's my major concern because yeah. it is a big part that's and the, that's, that's the only correlation i would see is because that's how they tie in that's the connection yeah. between 5G and coronavirus. There is no, in my opinion, there's no health correlation, but it's more about that instituting, like you, exactly like you said, the whole track and trace kind of mentality behind it, bringing in these, like what, I mean, uh, Meryl, you would have heard Bill Gates talking about this sort of stuff too, this whole, you know, digital identity and vaccine certificates and all this sort of stuff. I mean, does that not frighten the shit out of you? <laughs> like, I mean, of course, I'm <laughs> terrified by that. Mm. It means that we won't be able to travel, we won't be able to work, we won't be able to go to school, we won't be able to do anything without proving that we've been vaccinated against COVID first. But, you know, what's to stop them from insisting that we get vaccinated against everything. There are 270 new vaccines that are currently being tested. and 270? Uh, yeah, For that's what? Right. What diseases oh, are they trying to like eliminate? Cocaine addiction, cigarette smoking. Um, every <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> uh, dental caries. There's a vaccine there being tried no, against no, dental. No, no, no. Really? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Clown world. <laughs> Wow, let's pump yourself full of all sorts of chemicals and adjuvants and aluminium and everything else just because you might get a cavity in your tooth. Wow. It just oh, well, it it's mind boggling. You don't have to worry about your diet or, you know, staying healthy or anything like that because the vaccines are going to do it all. So you don't need to take any responsibility. Yeah, no responsibility. Don't think for yourself. Don't look after your own health and take your own matters and your own affairs in your own hands. Yeah, just take a vaccine and then go about your ridiculous lifestyle. Yeah. Oh my God, this is the state of affairs we're in. It's very, very, very troubling. But look, um, I might just segue now into look all of our um, listeners of the podcast uh, and the folks that, of course, follow all the great work that you do. Surely would have come across the first. Vax movie. It was a big deal. A Andy was actually instrumental in helping bring that and getting a, a show, the the first one in Australia, shown here uh, in Logan, where we are. And we were on on site filming and interviewing people, and it was a really good event. And then, of course, he became it, famous worldwide. Australian <laughs> Andy. He did. Good on him. 
<laughs> Andy's a man. <laughs> um, and now we've got oh, yeah. Vax 2. Um, the, the, the People's Truth is the next one that's come out. And um, I'm not sure if it's had the same impact as the first one, but, I mean, it was really good. Um, and now, of course... Yeah, in America, we saw, obviously with Vax Two and stuff, we saw the whole this bus going around and interviewing people on the ground. You know, getting real life stories and showing the impact that these things are having on people's lives. And now, uh, it's really good to hear what's the plan now for for Australia, Mary. I'll let you discuss this one and and let everyone know what's happening here in Australia. Thanks. It's really exciting. Um, thanks to the support of our members. We couldn't have done this without them. Uh, we have bought a Vax bus and we're going to be starting our own Vax tour next month in July. Um, this is an enormous effort. Uh, it is uh, a 10 meter long coachman that we've gotten wrapped to look very much like the American bus, only we've made it Australian. Nice. And uh, we are going to be starting, we're not doing a tour. They did their first tour for about six months straight without a day off. And they said by the time they were finished with that, um, they were all ready to check into a mental institution because <laughs> of the constant strain. So we're going to do it in two and three week um, stints with a couple of weeks, two to three weeks off between tours. So the first one's going to be in southeast Queensland. So we'll be in your neck of the woods, Andy. Nice. And we're going to be interviewing families whose children have been, or loved ones, not just children, have been killed or injured by vaccines, as well as people who have not vaccinated and what their experiences are. The government, the medical community, and the media have been yelling and screaming for years that we don't exist, that our children don't exist, that vaccine injury does not happen. Uh, it's all made up. And we want to be able to give the people who have, quote, done the right thing and followed the government's orders and vaccinated and have seen uh, their children suffer as a result, uh, we want to give them a voice because they deserve to be heard. Their experiences are real. And not only are they real, but that can influence other people to look into this issue. We never tell anyone that they should or should not vaccinate. But like all medical procedures, everything, even an aspirin or a Panadol, they have side effects. They have things that can happen to you as a result of taking them. So if you're not told this in advance, then you're not given an opportunity to look at this and ask questions. And the NHMRC in Australia specifically says that you must make an informed choice about vaccination. And that means being given an opportunity to ask questions and to examine the benefits versus the risks. And right now, what the government, the medical community and the media are saying is there are only benefits, there are no risks. And that is an outright <laughs> lie. So we want people to know about this. We want people to know what can potentially happen when you vaccinate a child or an adult so that you are able to make that informed choice. And we're planning on making a documentary ourselves with the stories that we have collected on the road. Um, working title, Vax Down Under, but we don't know that's going to be the actual end title. But... Um, yeah, it's going to be very exciting, and the government's already out to try and stop us, so that's going to make it even more fun. Wow. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, Meryl, uh, 
we we would love to be a part of uh, covering that when you first um, bring the, the the tour bus uh, to Southeast Queensland here, wherever it is, we would definitely Andy and I, even Ethan, we'll, we'd probably love to be on site. We'll cover it. We'll do some videos. Um, you know, talk to you guys who are on the bus, and you, and well, if it's yourself or Anita or Alona, whoever whoever else is involved with this, um, yeah, we'd definitely like to be on site to cover it and and I guess publish some stories and get the word out there for you and, and help you along with that oh. in, in any way we can. We'd love to be a part of that. That's awesome. We would love that. We're finalizing the tour schedule. I'll have the final schedule by the 1st of January, um, sorry, 1st of January, 1st of July. And um, I will be in touch with you, and we would love that. Anita and I are going to be on the bus. Awesome. Um, as well as two other people who are going to be helping. One bus driver, it's so big that you need a special license to drive it. So I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, we're, when we've got... We put up a, a survey form for people to fill out if they would like to meet us and speak with us on the bus. And in less than two weeks, we had 1,400 people sign up across wow. Australia. So it's it's obvious that there is an incredible need in the community for this, but also an amazing number of people who have been affected by vaccines one way or another. Yeah, and that's just the people, I guess, that you've managed to reach. I mean, I, I dare say there's a lot more people out there that would probably could sign up to this thing, which is really unfortunate, to be honest. It's You, you kind of want mm -hmm. zero people because we don't want people being injured by vaccines. You know, we don't want to see this, but it's, it really is just the reality of vaccination, that there is harm, there is... There is death. There is there is so many things that can happen with these things, and unfortunately, that is the truth of the matter. And uh, yeah, anyone out there who's listening to this, maybe you haven't heard about this, but um, I will include in the show notes for this uh, podcast a link that you can go to, which uh, Mero will supply me. Um, I'm pretty sure that's that uh, survey from the Mailchimp survey, which um, you can partake in. Uh, is that yeah. still going? Is that correct? Oh, it is, and it's going to be going the whole time of okay. the tour because we're going to go around Australia. The, the Actual link is on our website, avn.org.au. When you first click on the website, we've got a huge image of the bus there, and you click on that image and you'll be taken to the survey. Awesome. Well, we'll make sure we put all the links in the show notes for this one as well. Um, Thank you. Yeah, so we again, make sure you do contact us and let us know what the deal is. Um, liaise with Andy and, and he'll liaise with us and uh, let us know where it is and we'll definitely turn up and do some coverage for you, of course. Um, we've got some... Andy's got a really good... Um, cameraman who, who does some work for us and uh really good video editing stuff that's one of the side projects that, that andy sort of uh has going on as well with his pixel studio stuff so uh really awesome stuff happening over that way now if people want to um support what you guys are doing how do they go about doing that how can they contact you and we'll just wrap up the show with uh some of these sort of things uh and then i'll do one last round um, with the boys in case there's any other further questions but how can um how can you meryl how can the avn be contacted what's uh, what's the best course of action for folks well we, we can they can contact us through our website avn.org.au and we do have a sponsorship form there as well. So at the top right of the page, you'll see join the AVN. Membership is $25 a year, and we would love people to join. And there's also sponsorship. People can sponsor both the AVN and the bus. So there's a separate form for either one. And anything from $5 up would be very much appreciated. As I said, this whole bus um, issue took an incredible amount of effort and support from our members uh, and our community to get it going. And I think that it's going to be one of the most powerful things 
um, that we've ever done. Our organization, way back in the late 1990s, uh, was able to lobby federal parliament to get a conscientious objection form passed so that parents could register as conscientious objectors, which until 2016, when no jab, no pay was brought in, protected people and allowed them to send their children to school and um, child care and preschool without any form of discrimination. They can still go to school, but unvaccinated children uh, in most states can't go to preschool or child care. This bus is going to be, I think, as much a, a game changer in the community as the conscientious objection clause was because it's going to give people their voice and their power back, uh, something the government's been trying to remove for a very long time. Yeah, awesome, excellent stuff, and and you're right. The uh, the government's all all the more there to be there to push the vaccines and to make everyone take them. But when something goes wrong, they quick very quickly turn a blind eye to to your needs uh, to, or to the vaccine injured people. So, um, yeah, it's shocking sort of stuff. But uh, all that will come to light with this vac with this vaxed bus tour, uh, which is fantastic. So glad you're doing it, uh, Ethan. I'll just throw to you first, man. Now, any final thoughts or for this podcast or questions from Meryl? Uh, no, general. I think we've um, we've covered it all. Um, I just want to thank Meryl for for coming on um, and and having a chat here. We'll definitely, as general said, be supporting. You know what's going on, and and once we get those you know tour dates and everything, we'd love to be there just to to help cover and spread the word. And you know, I, I really you know want to commend you for for what you're doing. You know, I'm I'm a big fan of this you know grassroots on the ground sort of action and i think you're going about it right and 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 i'm sure that the people out there are going to you know really appreciate it because for so long you know there's they haven't had a voice and it's good to it's fantastic to see that um you know with your show and with your group you you continue to push forward so appreciate Thank everything you, you do man. well said man yeah well said uh andy yourself man any uh, final thoughts or questions or anything you wanted to add to the uh, end of the podcast brother um, yeah, look, uh, you know, the, the, the bus is absolutely like, if anyone hasn't seen the photos of, of this bus on the AVN website and, and FB channels and, um, get on there and have a look at it. It's, it's, it's large and it's loud and it's absolutely fantastic. And, um, what a, what a credit to the AVN who are really, you know, the, the, the voice out there for the voiceless and, and yeah, we're so looking forward to to this bus and the tour and getting the messages out there, uh, you know, post the the vaxxed movies. And uh, this is this is the new challenge and the and the um, you know new round of of um, you know what what we can do to uh, push back again push back against this Orwellian program that uh, just seems to be stomping all over this country and really vaccines you know like we've always said general is the is the cornerstone of the problem and i know i mean there's so many so many corrupt things going on in the country but to me vaccines are the the most pressing and the most urgent thing to to address because it's the thing that directly is harming our population on a day-to-day -day, you know day-to-day -day front so you know, God bless, you know, people like Meryl because, you know, like, um, you know, it's such, such important work. Yeah, and know? everyone else and involved, absolutely. Yes. Yes, Our president, Anita, take, has a lot of credit to this. She has worked tirelessly 
getting this together. She's the, the best president we could ever have at this time. And um, she's done an amazing job. I do want to just add that we will be live streaming every day from the road. All of the stories that are related to us will be live streamed. And we'll also be doing regular updates, um, stories from the road, so that people can follow along and know what's happening. Um, so if people can share those streams, that would be wonderful, especially with all the suppression that's going on on social media. Yeah, yeah. For the folks listening, it really does come down to you guys to help get the word out. Um, the amount of um, exposure that uh, they will get really does heavily rely on the people that are following what you're doing. So share and share and share and share and share is what you can do. And also remember, folks, health does not come through the tip of a needle. Just remember that one as well. Um, well, that wraps up the show for this one. Boys, I'll get you to hang around um, just momentarily when we uh, wind up the rest of the show. But Meryl, I'll let you go for this one. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the General Knowledge Podcast. Uh, I'll make the link available for the show once it's up and ready to go for you to, um, if you could share that with your network as well uh, for this interview, that'd be fantastic as well. And again, we'd love to take part in, uh, in covering as much as we can for what you guys do. Thank you again. Very grateful, General. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Bye, Meryl. Yeah. All righty, lads. Um, wow, what a, um, what a good show. That was great. Um, exciting times and exciting, yeah, man, uh, cool. yeah, exciting things happening there. I'm really glad that they're actually doing it. I think you guys are right. It'll have a really big impact um, on the community and it'll help um, get those untold stories told that um, people are sort of you know, suffering through at the moment, which is really cool. Um, needs to be done it's gonna have a huge it's gonna be huge man this bus is friggin' huge you need a like a um heavy rigid license to drive the thing and it's <laughs> like fully fully decked out you might have seen the photos already general but like yeah it's gonna mm. be like a big big platform like rolling around the streets um you know and with everyone coming over there and all live streaming on everyone's phones and stuff like as it gets around the suburbs and stuff man uh, you know it's just going to be a huge impact meryl sort of alluded the fact that it's going to um um the government's like going to try and shut it down but we didn't sort of get to like you know get into the nuts and bolts of that but i wonder what they're going well, to okay. do when we um go live with them i guess on, on the day or wherever they are located uh, when we do the show or when we do some reporting and we, we might even be able to do a live podcast or something from 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 yeah. them on the day you know that could be a good idea to if it's on a weekend sometime or you know we can spare some time to to go wherever they are to to get it done i think that'd be a good idea as well um yeah. and i just wanted to just for the end of the episode boys i just wanted to throw a couple of thank yous out there um had a few a few people a few contributors um to the work we're doing and just wanted to sort of give them a quick shout out um because people have been sort of you know emailing and, and giving me information and leads and then they've you know jumped on board and, and helping out as well so ray stitt um thanks ray for for your contribution um and he's been sending me some uh, some emails with some information as well which is awesome i really love hearing from our listeners um was another couple I've had. Rosalie was not Rosalie Chergwin was another one. Thanks again, Rosalie. You're awesome. Uh, oh, and that's right. I think I'm not sure if I told you, Ethan. I, think, I told Andy, but New Dawn Magazine has actually contributed to the podcast, which is good. Mm -hmm. um, they gave us a, yeah. They gave, they sent through a fifty dollar donation, which is which is really good. So, uh, and you're actually you're you're printed in New Dawn Magazine. They've actually printed some of the work you've done too, which is which is fantastic. So. 
Um, yep, yep. Yeah, folks out there listening, go and buy one of their magazines, which I'm pretty sure you can get in any any news agent around the country. Um, yep. Big thanks to those guys. Uh, I'm sure there was another one I wanted to say before I... Uh, no, not that one. Now, if I haven't found it yet, I won't find it, but that's all right. If there are any other more that come through, I'll make sure I let everyone know. Podcast is doing really well, guys. We've got, um, we're well over 21,000 uh, downloads now, which is awesome. Um, like I said, we had Merrill on today. Um, this coming Tuesday, unfortunately, it's the only time I could secure him for the interview, but I'll let you all know now. We've got James Corbett from the Corbett Report coming on as a guest. Um, could only get him for a Tuesday afternoon, unfortunately. Um, he's a very busy guy. Um, so it'll, I think it's just going to be, you can't make that one, can you, Ethan? It'll just be Andy and I. Is that right? Uh, yeah, I won't be able to make that one, General. Yeah, you're also looking forward to, right to at listening. the end of the month for you, isn't it? End of financial year or something you were saying, because that's 30th of June, I'm pretty sure. So <laughs> I know it's a busy mm. time. Sorry, brother, but I, I would love to have had you on with him. Um, no, that's all right, mate. It's it's your show, you know. I'm looking forward to uh, to listening. That's a, that's a huge guest. It's a good, yeah, good get for us. Yeah, and of course, uh, I, I, I let you guys know last night. We've also, um, he's shown his interest and said he's keen to come on. Uh, obviously not for a couple of weeks because he's really busy but celebrity chef Pete Evans who's uh, very much in the limelight here in the country he's also agreed to come on on the show uh, as well speaking of huge guests folks my goodness yeah that's a good general well. <laughs> general with the double drop yeah <laughs> it's good good work I reckon um, and it's going to make um, yeah good exposure for the podcast as well so good stuff moving forward once again folks this has been the general knowledge podcast season 2 episode 18 boys any fun Final words for this one, Andy, Ethan. No, I no. think it's all pretty good, mate. Thanks, yeah. bro. You, you go. No, I think we've think we've covered everything, mate. Just as always, thank you to all the listeners for for tuning in, for for supporting the show, for supporting the websites, and yeah, there's um, some exciting uh, content ahead. I'm looking forward to it Excellent. in this uh, crazy world of ours. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> If anyone wants to support what we do, again, please head over to tottnews.com. Join up as a member over there. Go onto our Patreon and and, uh, support us through there. And, of course, for this special uh, guest episode today, we had Meryl Dory from the AVN. Uh, Please go and support the AVN and what they're doing as well. You can join up for an entire year as a member for, what would she say, 25 bucks or something. Um, And it's a really good cause as well. So um, we'd love for you to throw some support their their way as well. Where to go? That's it, boys. Thanks again for a great show. 